Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Today, for this Monday Thursday, our text will be taken from the reading we just heard in the book of Exodus. We begin with the word of prayer. Almighty and everlasting God, by your mercy you have invited us to a meal. You have spread a table before us and granted us food to drink, and uh, food to eat and wine to drink. We thank you, Lord, that in this way you give us your Son, Jesus, body and blood to forgive and sustain us. Be with us now, O Lord, as we hear your word. And I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts would be pleasing in your sight, Lord, our rock and our redeemer, in Jesus' name, amen. You ever feel like you are missing out on something? I guess it's a terrible feeling uh, to be missing out on things. Like you see people you know having a wonderful time and you wish you could be there with them, but for one reason or another, you're not able to join them. I don't know if you know this, today is opening day for Major League Baseball. This is very exciting and many of us feel like we're missing out because now it seems that if you would like to go to the game, you only need $4 million for nosebleed seats. I mean, it's great. Uh, uh, we don't have that kind of money, you know, so we're missing out. We wish we could be there, but we're not. Well, i got to tell you, when I come to this reading, or maybe better said, when this reading comes to us today from the book of Exodus, I feel like I'm missing out. Like, I read this account, and I wish I was there. What I wouldn't give to be at that meal. Listen again to what the word says. Then Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and the 70 elders of Israel went up, and they saw the God of Israel. And there was under his feet, as it were, a pavement of sapphire stone like the very heaven for clearness. And he did not lay his hand on the chief men of the people of Israel. They beheld God and ate and drank. I mean, how incredible would that be? To be on that mountain with, with Moses and Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, all these 70 elders, and to be dining in the presence of God without fear, without fear of His wrath breaking out against me for my sins, joyfully eating in His presence because He has prepared a place for me. I mean, that would be incredible. So I come to this passage and I feel a little left out. I wish I was there. Feeling left out, missing out on things, it's a difficult thing to go through, actually. There's any number of studies that have been done on teenagers lately, and you may know this, the rise of uh, de the depression is on the rise among teenagers. And, and there's a lot of reasons for this, but one of the reasons they're finding for this depression is social media. Many of these teens will get on to, to Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or whatever it is they're looking at now, and they will see all of their friends having a good time and enjoying themselves while they're stuck at home doing chores or homework or being grounded or something like this. And their anxiety rises because they feel like they're missing out on all the fun. I think all of us have had our fill of missing out over this past year. We've missed out really on life. We've just missed everything. We've missed being together. We've been isolated and, and separated by this disease and kept away from each other. And I think what's begun to happen for many of us is we've begun to realize just how much we need one another, how desperately we need community. Even the most introverted among us, and I would count myself among those, has begun to recognize more and more just how much we need the presence, the real presence presence of other people in our lives. 
being kept away from, from work, locked in our homes, locked out of restaurants, and even for a time we weren't going to church together. This last year has shown us how much missing out can hurt, how much we need one another. So maybe I'm just a little sensitive to the whole missing out thing right now, but when I read about Moses and Aaron and Nadab and Abihu and the 70 elders, I'm missing out. I want to be at that table. I want to join those saints. I want to behold the presence of God and to eat and to drink. As I begin to think about that, and I begin to look at this passage, I do get a little jealous. And I start to go, well, why them? How come they got to do that? Why not me? Wrong place, wrong time, I guess. I was born in the wrong people in the wrong era. I don't know, but why do they get to go there and no one else? Was there something more special about them? Is there something more holy about them? That lot was sinners just like the rest of us, right? Let's be honest, as sinners, they have no right to be in the presence of God, at least no more right than the rest of us. And that's actually something worth reminding ourselves of, that no one has a right to enter into the presence of God. No one has a right to come to the table and dine in God's presence. And that's kind of a foreign way for us to think about because in our country, everybody should have equal rights in every way, whether that's in the way we work or whether it's in how we relate to God. Everybody should have equal access. We all should have a right before God. What we all fail to realize is that none of us have a right to enter into the presence of God because of our sin. None of us should be there. Sinners enter into the presence of God and they should expect to meet His wrath being poured out against them, for we all know God cannot dwell in the presence of sinners. So the question is, what was it about these 70 who got to go up on the mountain? Had they figured a way out of their sin? Had they become sort of morally superior to the rest of us? Maybe they knew the password. Maybe it's just a matter of knowing the secret code. And they gave the right handshake and they were able to get in. Maybe God just decided in his inaccessible preordained will to predestine them to be at that meal and none of us get that sort of access. So why them? Why not us? Not you or me. Well, before we get at the answers to that question, it is probably worth figuring out how they did get to go into the presence of God. And what we find as we examine the passage from Exodus today is they didn't just get to kind of walk in there because God chose them for no other reason that he decided, than that he decided to choose them. But actually, in order for them to enter into that presence, blood had to be shed, and their sins had to be atoned for. Remember the account just before they went up? What happened? Well, the account goes like this. Moses is with the Israelites in the wilderness. And Moses has just received the Ten Commandments from God on Mount Sinai, and he has come down the mountain, and he has given the law to the people. And in that law, God has promised, I will be your God, and you will be my people, and I will give you the promised land. And now here are the conditions and the rules on how you are to live when you enter into that promised land. The people receive this, and they say, everything the Lord has said, we will do. It didn't go well for very long, by the way. Everything the Lord has said, we will do. And then to ratify this covenant, to make it official, God decided to sacrifice an animal. He sacrifices this animal and, and takes blood and pours it into two basins. 
The blood from one of the basins was then taken and sprinkled on the altar to demonstrate that the people's sins had been paid for. Their sins had been atoned for. God had, a sacrifice had been made to God so God could be among those people. And the rest of the blood was taken, and this is rather fascinating, the rest of that blood is taken and sprinkled on the people to mark them as the ones who were paid for, to mark them as the people who had their sins atoned for so God could be in their presence. Sins had been paid for and life had been restored to the people. Now it was from among those people whose sins had been atoned for, these 70 leaders came out. And after their sins had been paid for, they were able to enter the presence of God. See, it's only through the shedding of blood and the gracious invitation of God that one is able to enter into his presence to commune with him. No one can go there by rights, and any right we may think we actually have has ultimately been forfeit by our sin. In fact, what we learn from this account is that the depth of our sin is so great that there must be a death to pay for what we've done. Shed blood is the only sufficient payment for the sins that are found in our hearts and on our hands. So it would seem that even if we could enter the presence of God, the only way for us to get in there would be for blood to be shed and sprinkled on us. If we ever thought we might participate in his presence. Well, all of this we're going through today to bring us now to Maundy Thursday. Maundy Thursday, the night in which Jesus Christ was betrayed and he established the Lord's Supper. And it's on this night that Jesus spoke some rather radical words to us. And the word he has for us, at first I was going to say, it's an invitation of sorts. But I don't think that's quite strong enough. The words that Jesus speaks to you tonight are not an invitation so much as they are a promise and a gift. For you and I who think that we long to be in the presence of God, you must hear these words tonight. Or this morning, I guess this is what time it is now. You must hear these words. Because you think you desire to be in the presence of God, but what we don't realize is just how much God desires for us to be in His presence. He desires you in His presence more than you can possibly imagine. So he's not going to merely invite you to see if you're not busy and you might want to come and join him at a meal. No, he's going to make another decision. He's going to decide to come and bring the meal to you. He's not waiting for you to decide to join him. He knows his chances with sinners. So this night, or this day, the night when Jesus was betrayed, you will not be invited to a meal. You will not be invited to hike up a mountain and dine with God. No. God's, in essence, turning the table. And he's coming down. He's coming to you. He's not going to wait for you to join him. He's bringing the meal to you. Which, after reading this account in Exodus, might make us a little bit nervous because how can we be ready for the presence of this God with all of our sins and all of our impurities and all the things we've done wrong? How can we be worthy to enter into the presence of this God? You see, as I said, he's turned the tables. And God has decided not to wait till you're worthy enough. No, he's bringing the worthiness to you. You want to eat and you want to drink and you want to behold his presence? Well, he's going to give you his forgiving, atoning, real presence in the meal you are about to receive. You want to be present with God? Hear the words, the promise of Jesus. 
Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Doesn't get much more present than that. And we say, but why me? I'm too sinful. I'm too unholy. Jesus says, take and drink. This is my blood of the covenant poured out for you for the forgiveness of all of your sin. And here today in this meal, real presence, actual atonement, take and eat, take and drink, and behold Jesus Christ, body and blood and bread and wine for you. See, Jesus has come to you today so that you're not missing out. You are not being left out of this meal. And what gets you to this table today is not how holy you are or how perfect you are or how religious you are. It is simply Jesus. The one who died on the cross for your sins and paid the price so that your sins would be forgiven. It is Jesus sprinkling you then with His own crucified, forgiving blood that you will drink in this wine that you are presented as pure to God. And you, you need do nothing. Simply believe the promise. This is my body given for you. This is my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of your sin. Trusting that promise that makes one worthy. I suppose the only thing that would keep you away from the table is denying that promise. Denying those words and telling Jesus he is wrong about what he says. And rejecting the gift. Why would we do that? Here today, Jesus has come for you. And his word and his promise, his body and his blood have made you worthy. He is not leaving you out. You are missing out on nothing. You have something better in this meal than a hike up a glorious mountain. You have a humble God who comes to you with pardon and welcome. St. Paul says, the cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Yes, it is. And it is here for you who believe the promise. So you will miss out on nothing today. Instead, come to the altar not merely to be sprinkled, but to participate in the body and blood of Christ, to behold your God, to eat and to drink. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, your Son, Jesus Christ, has made us worthy to come into your presence through his death on our behalf. Lord, as we gather this evening or this day to receive this blessed meal, Forgive our sins and strengthen and sustain us into everlasting life. We thank you for this precious gift. In Jesus' name we pray.